Well, hello there and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I am the man whose name is in the title of the show, Mr. Warren Hayes. If you want to figure that out, you're not just watching something wild and weird. It's 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 me. I'm I'm right here uh, coming to you live right here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Because that's where we record live every Thursday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here, youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And you know what's cool? If you, you know, there's a lot of things that are cool, right? Of course. And I'm like, you know what's cool? Well, you know, you, everyone can have a different answer for that. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a wild question, but I'll tell you this, um, the, um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this much. Uh, the the it's so weird. I'm, apparently, my audio is all out of whack. It's so strange. Like, I know who the culprit is, though. The culprit is is Skype. That's the problem that we have here. It's weird. I think we got it fixed. Here's the thing. May is. My anniversary, my podcasting anniversary month. This is typically when I, well, not typically, this is when I started. Um, it's essentially when I, when I started, um, it's essentially when I started podcasting back in, I think it's going to be three years at this point. Like it's going to be a three year anniversary at this point, if I'm not mistaken. And, and it turns out that, you know, I, I just felt like refreshing the place. So if you're watching live right here, hey, brand new, brand new visuals, brand new overlay. Got everything set up here. Hope you enjoy it. I mean, they, you ring in a new year with some new stuff, right? That's 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 essentially what we do here. And and uh, that also means that uh, that uh, since you're watching this right now, if you're watching on YouTube.com. Slash Mr. Warren Hayes, there's a fairly good chance that you're watching this live as I'm recording, which is happening, as I said, right before our eyes. Uh, and there's a bunch of people who are here joining me live as well tonight here on, on the good old YouTubes like Robert Larry. Good to see you, Robert. Nice to see you. Flow Man is here as well. We've got DGMC. We've also got uh, Mr. Fretz, who is in the house. Good to see you. Uh, DGMC, I already said DGMC, he's here, how you doing, Phantomark82, Ben, it's good to see you, who provides us with lovely, lovely music throughout the proceedings here tonight as well, thank you very much, Ben, per usual, we've also got Aaron Entertainment, who's here, Anakin JMT, we got JK Schwalz, who's here, AJ Kearns from Armbar Audio, good to see you, welcome everyone to the live show here tonight, super excited. Super excited to get this going here tonight. My God, we've got so much to talk about. So I'm going to try, I'm going to try and limit as much as possible, you know, the, all the nonsense because there's really a lot of stuff that we need to watch. But hey, if you're here right here right now and you're already enjoying what's going on, who knows, uh, feel free to uh, give the, this video a like here on YouTube.com, that kind of stuff. 
really does help out. Uh, and uh, if you, um, so yeah, I mean, that stuff really does help out. Uh, also, if you uh, if you prefer, uh, you can also leave a comment a little later on. That kind of stuff also helps out. You can't do the comments live, but if you do leave a comment a little later on, that'd be great. We're also heading towards our, our, our comment streak, 20 comments on 20 videos. We're up to number, we're up to six now on our streak. So if we hit seven here, we're going to be one more, one closer to a special event, of course. That's the kind of stuff that just hap- that, that we just do. But thank you very much for your support if you're watching live right now. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, thank you very much as well. Why? And and here's the thing. Why don't you uh, why don't you even go ahead and leave a review? Leave a review. <laughs> like if you're listening on uh, on Spotify, right? Uh, not on Spotify on Apple. You can't leave reviews on Spotify, but you can leave a follow on Spotify. You can uh, leave a review on Apple uh, um, on Apple Podcasts, or you know you can uh, a like a subscription. Look, whatever, whatever you can do to show some love there as well. Uh, that kind of stuff is really really fun, uh, fun and, uh, and 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 exciting, and it, and it uh, it does help. You know, it really really does help. Uh, in every little shape or form, anything that you that, that can be done, uh, it to to just show some some love, some appreciation for what I do. That's absolutely fantastic. Of course, you can head over to belltobells.com, your women's wrestling wire. If you want to get all the good stuff about women's wrestling, that's where you should go. It's really cool. Uh, plus, uh, you can um, you can also uh, uh, become a member of the channel if you also want to show. Some support for the Mr. Warren Hayes show as well. You can become a member of the channel. You get access to emojis. Plus, you get access to the post show. The Mr. Warren Hayes show post show that happens immediately after when we're done here. Or we all congregate and we continue talking about wrestling. And tonight, I'm going to tell you one thing about tonight. This is this is the thing about tonight. I uh, There's so much stuff to talk about this week. And there's a, a, so many things that I know I won't have the opportunity to talk about on the mainstream proper. If you want to come to the post show after when we're done and hang out and we all just, uh, we, we chat with the live chat. We get, we, we take calls from the discord. It'd just be great. Come on over, uh, become a member of the channel. You can also support me uh, via Patreon as well, or you can also leave a super chat and I will read your question or comment live and on the air. Um, and uh, I, I, we already have a super chat, which I'm going to save for just a, a short moment in, in, in a short while because um, it'll be relevant. Because, yes, of course, I'm going to be talking about that. But I will take the time to say hello to Nick Wolf, who is here with us tonight. Folks, I am revved up. I'm ready to go. Let's start talking about it. The weekly wrestling inspection. <laughs> Let's let's go right ahead. Well, first of all, before we we get into any proceedings, I know it's been a couple of days, but this is the first podcast that I get to that 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 I do uh, since uh, the passing of uh, New Jack Jerome Young, uh, who uh, died on May fourteenth uh, of a heart attack, age fifty eight years old. Um, um, of course, you know everyone has written everything that that uh, that could possibly be said about New Jack. Uh, his friends, uh, 
people who've survived them, close ones, uh, relations have all said all the stories that need really uh, that have been that, that needed to be told about uh, about New Jack and his life at this point. Um, so uh, what can I add here? Not much other than the, there, there was really nothing like uh, there was really nothing like the guy, he, uh, you know, came into he came into the business uh, echoing the racial tensions that were boiling over in the early 90s after the Rodney King uh, incident in, in Los Angeles. He channeled that uh, he channeled that fury into a very unique uh, edgy way, I guess you'd say something that really wasn't seen before, especially in the territories that where he used to wrestle. Um, it was a truly unique and empowering pro-black representation. You know, not just using imagery for the sake of imagery. New Jack was really about defiance. Hell, you know, he, he didn't trust the police that would accompany the wrestlers to the rings back in the arenas over there because of, you know, wh where they were settled, especially when he wrestled down south, you know. So it was all, it was more than an act it really was an extension of, of who he was. Uh, and that's what, his, that's what his thing was till the very end, blurring fact from fiction. Of course, there's throughout this blurring of fact and fiction, we've all got this situation where we, there, there are multiple controversies, of course, that surrounded New Jack, but I'd, this isn't where I'm going to cover them. It's not, it, it, this isn't, we, we know most, uh, we know about most of them regardless, so... Uh, controversial persona to, to say the least, uh, a renegade guy ultimately who really walked to the beat of his own drum till the very end. There'll never be another new Jack. Hell, you could never have another new Jack in the way things are these days. So, um, so yeah, may, may he, uh, may he rest in peace. There will never be another guy like that. Uh, that is for sure. Gonna start talking about Tacken. And gonna start talking about some wrestling. Boop. I'm gonna pull up a cool bean here, even on top of that. I'm gonna, there we go. Got it right there. Let's pull up a cool bean. Wanna talk about uh, El Fantasmo versus Josh Alexander for the X Division title uh, last weekend, May 15, uh, on Impact. Uh, I mean, this, this was a fantastic match. It really was a fantastic match. And the X Division title, when it comes to um when it comes to the X Division title in Impact, it has a long legacy of just being absolutely extraordinary. Of how everyone it, it, it is an extremely prestigious title. You'd probably could make a pretty good case, right? As to uh which is the more prestigious belt in Impact. If it's their world title. Or if it's the X Division title. And with the the history of people who have, who owned, who ended up uh, becoming uh, champions for the title. Becoming their, that ch title's champion. Champions for the title? Who became champions, period. X Division champs. Uh, just amazing stuff. And here, got two. I Look, Josh Alexander represents the X Division belt where it is right now in 2021 like I think I don't think you could find a better guy a, a, a more apt worker um, who is uh, about the business uh, a, a technical mastermind strong guy like a, an overall all-around 
extraordinary wrestler. Got got to wrestle El Fantasmo, uh, who popped in from New Japan. Great, great match. Absolutely great, great match. Both guys went toe to toe with each other with the strikes. There was a couple of there was this uh, spot where uh, Alexander Josh Alexander was in a tree of woe, and ELP El Fantasmo had a was crotching him, was up on the top rope and just was pressing down on his crotch with the with his foot. Gets off, goes to do it again, and Alexander hits a spider suplex instead. Um, Ooh, Alexander yeah. was going for the an- for ankle locks over and over again, uh, countering out of um, countering of uh, out of uh, of ankle locks. Uh, no, he w- he was going for ankle locks, countering super kicks from El Fantasmo. We had this amazing spot from El Fantasmo, who did a beautiful Rana off the top rope, but literally off the top rope, not like jumping from let's say the second rope to the to to in a Frankensteiner type situation. No, both guys up on the top rope, uh, third rope, and the beautiful Rana that ELP hit there was absolutely amazing, followed by a beautiful angel dive. There was a great spot. Um, uh, there, there, there were some great spots all throughout. What am I talking about? And and finally, um, uh, Jason, Ale- uh, J- Josh Alexander, not Jason Alexander. That's a whole other, that's a whole other thing. Josh Alexander gets the ankle lock in and uh, ELP won't submit. So he starts stomping on him with this free foot. This was a great, absolutely great match. The thing here, I understand, and I really do understand why some people don't like ELP. Because of, you know, the theatrics. I know a lot of people get annoyed with the rope walking stuff. Um, I, I and, and I get that. And I, I, I. I can't blame anyone for 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 thinking he he pours it on a little too much, but I also think that he's his heel work, especially since the New Japan Cup USA tournament uh, late last year. I think he's absolutely. I think he his heel work has become remarkably good, and I think he's an he's a fantastic wrestler. I think even in the ring he's uh, tidied himself up. Not quite as much of a goofball as he was. Not too, not relying too much on on uh, on shenanigans and uh, you know stalling and just being doing nonsense. Much more focused as a wrestler himself. So, I mean, you know, I've talked about this before, but you know, he, right now he's a junior in ELP in the Bullet Club, and um, well, you know, I. Kind of think he might go down the path of a couple of his uh, contemporaries uh, and eventually do become leader. Not unlike emulating one uh, Kenworth Omega Ten. You know, I'm just saying. I, he has the charisma. I think he's great. I think he's really, really great. Anyway, uh, it's it, it was fantastic stuff, and I uh, and I really, really dug it. Want to say hello to a couple of people who just jumped in. Justin Firestein, good to see you. Injection 2K, thank you very much for the nice compliments as well. Big pause on a pup. GPQ is here. Damn right, it's a jam-packed Mr. Warren Hayes show tonight. William Davis is here as well, and thank you very much, the world-renowned historian. And I would like to see Jason Alexander. <laughs> Sometimes my brain just goes like that, right? And, well, you guys know this by now. Kelly Tornhas is here as well. And 
and I'm all choked up with emotion. I need a drink. See, now summer summer is hitting in my neck of the woods. It's it's a hot day. So now, you know, so now, you know, usually, you know, I lock myself in, you know, and you shut down the windows and, you know, you try not to create ambient a- ambient noise that would be disturbing to the recording of a podcast. So, um, um, instead of hearing like the hum of an air conditioner, you get to hear me clearing my throat out. Yeah, it's, you can't win in these situations, folks. <laughs> just, I should move to Iceland. Reykjavik, the the warmest it gets is like 65 in summer, 65 degrees Fahrenheit. It's like, you know, like a 20 degrees Celsius. I, if that's the warmest it gets, I, I'm fine with that. I, I think it's great. You got a super chat from DGMC here. Thank you very much, DGMC. He says, I once saw Nuge I give my favorite podcaster, uh, show uses Nuge CCW theme as a, a, a clothesline live on air. It was stiff. It was great. Twas Nuge. That's weird. I, that's a wonderful memory, but I, I don't remember ever getting a clothesline by Nuge and I, I, I don't use Nuge CCW theme. Hmm. That's strange. Okay. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much for sharing that. I mean, tons of people have wild memories about, uh, about New Jack. So um I'm glad to be. And, you know, if, if you haven't, uh, he has a dark side of the, of the ring episode. Uh, if you, if you do want to get a little more into the, uh, into the lore in and about itself in regards to, uh, in regards to New Jack. Let's uh let's uh, just go from uh, let's give ourselves some uh some hot trash here though folks. Cuz I'm very bummed, extremely bummed that um well I'm not going to lie, I am very 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 disappointed uh that we learned today that Will Ospreay is injured. And unfortunately has to vacate the IWGP World Heavyweight title. Uh, that uh, that sucks. And it sucks for a bunch of reasons. First of all, it sucks for Will Ospreay. This was, this was his year. This was the year of his full transition. His fi- Maybe not his final transformation, but the, the next level. His next, his next uh, level transformation, moving on from being uh, a junior, a guy chasing the title, to actually being the champ, having a defense or mel- multiple defenses with them, getting the big wins. This was, this was his year. He was ordained to have a really good year this year, and it sucks. And I know, I know. Will is Will Ospreay is a um, he's a divisive figure to say the least among wrestling fans, and I, I will I will say this over and over again, you know I don't want 
wrestlers to get hurt or injured. I want them to have long, successful careers. I want them to, to be able to do what they love. I don't wish injury on anyone. I really don't because it's it re, it's it's terrible. It sucks. And even if you don't like Will Ospreay, I've seen some extremely mean stuff being put out there in, in his regard. And I'm like, ah, you know, you deserve it. And, you know, hope you never wrestle again. Hope you're injured for life. Hope you're in a wheelchair. Like I've seen some absolute trash fire garbage stuff. It's just wild. It's just wild. The, the, the vitriol that people have against him. When, and, and I, I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when ultimately Will Ospreay's problem is that she's a bit of a dummy and a bit of an asshole. That's ultimately his thing. You know, at some point, you got to parse through that stuff. And it sucks for him for that. And it sucks for his push. It sucks for the United Empire because they rule. And I don't know what they're going to do with this. I don't know if Osprey really has to take time off or if he can still have some. Well, I mean, usually in New Japan, if you take if you take some time off for an injury, they keep you off camera. They're not going to give you an on-camera role. But maybe they would. I don't know. But it sucks for the United Empire because uh, because I really thought and still think that they were an extremely entertaining, uh, an intriguing combination. I th something that started off a little iffy, that I wasn't, that I wasn't quite sure, you know, um, uh, that you're, you know, you're not quite sure if, if they should, um, you're, you're not quite sure if, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're not quite sure if it's going to take off. Just as simple as that, right? Um, you're not quite sure if it's going to take off, but when it does, you're like, oh man, this is cool, you know? Oh yeah! Because I think it. I think there has been a lot of good stuff. And I, I do think it's been a lot of cool here. So I don't know how much that's going to stunt their development. I mean, there's still Jeff Cobb, Great O'Conn, um, Aaron Hanari, but you know, they don't have the talker, uh, but oh, though they, yeah. you know, they have been giving the mic quite a bit to, um, they, they, you know, they do bring, um, they, they do let great O'Conn, uh, speak on the mic quite a bit. So I, I guess he's a good mic worker. I don't know enough Japanese you know, and I don't know the inflection is enough and so on and so forth to be a proper judge of that. Not going to lie. But you, you assume. <laughs> uh, so that all sucks. But it all sucks. But man, this is a I, I really think it's a problem for New Japan. I, I it's because I think I, I, I think they still have a big problem with their title situation. I think they wanted to to fix it. And it's just been a mess. It's been a mess since merging the titles, creating the new title, giving it to Ibushi. And then Ibushi losing it on his first defense. And now, I mean, they didn't book this. They didn't plan this. But everything else was pre-planned. This is just like another uh, another leg sweep. It, it, it sucks. You know, it sucks. 
And I tweeted out earlier today in case of, you know, in case of emergency, put the title on Tana or something like that. Or said, you know, if all else fails, put it on, put it on Hiroshi Tanahashi. I mean, that's your go to, right? That's what you do. You go straight to Tana. It's like just strapping on him. It, 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 Hiroshi Tanahashi has saved the business, has saved maybe not the business, but New Japan. He's carrying it on his shoulders for on a couple of occasions. You know, if you're like, we don't know what to do, just strap it on the guy. He's over. People love him. He can still go. That's not the problem. You know, it's, that's not a problem. The problem, though, is that it does feel if he if they did do that, it would feel like a step back because you do feel as if uh, they were going forward with this, giving it to Osprey. Uh, creating this feud with Shingo. Now Osprey was going after Okada, and that that was a little blurry too, right? You weren't quite sure. You weren't quite sure if they were going to, uh, if Okada was going to win or not. You know, it's like, it's like my God, you know what? What's wrong? What's going on here? Now, <laughs> the the. The thing here is that it, you could put it on Tanahashi and it's a safe bet, but it does feel like you're taking a step back because they, they being New Japan have been, I think, purposefully uh, taking Hiroshi Tanahashi Ooh, yeah. out of the main title picture for a while now to elevate new guys. And I think Tanahashi's business now is elevating new people i think that's what he's all about so uh, it's it's a tough one it's a tough sell and i had i i had someone ask me today well would you put the title on shingo and i think that's a very good question it's like would you put the title on, on, on shingo then and i thought about it and you know what you know what i would say no and be, because of because of booking because i think what you do with shingo i, I let me let me re, let me start that over i think you you want shingo's first win to be against osprey at this point they are developing between those two they're developing a a very unique rivalry you know they they, they fought four times fantastic matches the last match they had i'm still thinking about it today i still I, there are some moments during the day where i go like i just sit back and i'm like ah shingo versus will osprey hmm. still match of the year in my in my book right now so i think his win winning the title the 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 big one for shingo I think it needs to be meaningful. And the best way to make it meaningful is to defeat his rival, Will Ospreay. So I don't think you're strapping on him just yet. But, I mean, Ospreay's been going to be out about seven to ten months. They were they were saying, "Can't do you wait that long? And then what do you do in the interim? Put it on Yano. <laughs> um, got a couple of super chats here. Uh, first of all, we had a super chat earlier on from Nick Wolf. Thank you very much, Nick. He says, give Lord Tai Chi the title. Everyone is hurt or has COVID. Damn it, Gato. I know. 
Tai Chi though, perennial mid-carder Tai Chi. 41-year-old Tai Chi. Can't do you think he could handle the pressure? Our Lord. Our Lord Tai Chi. Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Anakin. He says, it's reminiscent of how the universal title started. You're not entirely wrong. I had a bit of a rocky start. Are new titles cursed? Could it be? Like some there, it's there's just like some sort of some sort of curse around them that that you're like, yeah, you know. You know, they just start off iffy. And, I don't know. Thank you very much for the super chat, Anakin. The world-renowned historian left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Says, Hayes! Where do you come down on the whole old people always say the new guys are gymnasts and spot monkeys and never sell argument? It depends on who. Um, I um, If we're talking about, if we're talking about specifically in regards to Will Ospreay, uh, I think there was a time in history where you could say, uh, where you could say that he was more concerned about um, pulling off athletic, moves more than anything else sure but i think i think this is no longer the will osprey and will osprey hasn't wrestled like that in years he really hasn't and he's changed his style he's changed his style dramatically uh i don't think he's i don't think he's there anymore um you know it's, a, it's also an argument that you get with the young bucks and the young bucks they make those choices consciously when they decide to have their matches, which are absolutely filled with spots and, you know, setting stuff stuff up versus having actual, um, I don't want to say actual, that's not a good, but having a more traditional type uh, tag team match. They're able to have both very successfully. They're capable of doing both. They just like, tonight we're doing the spot show or tonight we're doing the, so um, are the new guys gymnasts and spot monkeys and never sell? In like there, you will always have a couple of those out there, but I, I'd say in general, no. Um, and and I understand also where a lot of people get annoyed by that. But man, like just like anything, the business evolves, everything evolves, everything changes, music changes, music genres change. The metal that you get today is not the metal you used to get in 1982, for instance. The same thing with rap music. Same thing with hip-hop. Everything evolves. And, you know, when you when you start up with something, especially when you're younger and you, you, you grow, a, you, you get some, effect, you, you, some affection towards it, you feel affectionate towards it, well, then when it changes and it's no longer what you recognize, you're like, God damn, things were so good in my day, you know, I want to say hello to Mr. Fantastic, who joined us in Cyclops is better than Wolverine. Good to see you. Welcome to the chat. Um, Anakin also left us another super chat. Thank you very much. Anakin says, um, who would you rather, <laughs> who would you, excuse me, who would you have rather crossed, New Jack or Afa? <laughs> um, I think very, very quickly. Uh, very, very simply, uh, Afa, because um, I'm terrified of New Jack, man. <laughs> I, I, I'd just be afraid. I'd just really be afraid. Thank you very much for the super chat again. Um, 
let's uh, get some more cool beans going. I'm gonna give give you my final thoughts on WrestleMania Backlash. That was a wrestling show that happened this weekend from the World Wrestling Entertainment Company. Uh, on the pre-show, we had uh, Sheamus uh, and uh, Ricochet. Sheamus defeated Ricochet. Um, I'll talk about that a little later because they had another match on Raw, which I thought was much, much better. Um, but I'll talk about that in a little bit. But that, that's what happened there. Rhea Ripley successfully defended the Raw Women's title against Oscar and Charlotte Flair, where, where I was convinced she was gonna she was going to drop the strap. And when I did my prediction show on Saturday with uh, Kristen Ashley uh, of Bell to Bells, I was convinced, but I'm convinced that they were like, oh, the, the uh, this thing with um, this thing with uh, Rhea Ripley is not working. Uh, we got to try something else, you know. But it turns out um, this was a, an extremely solid match. It was an extremely solid match. I think that WWE made the wise choice to no longer... Um, to no longer just put Asuka and, and Rhea Ripley in a ring alone together. I don't think they have the chemistry. I don't think that they work well together. There is something, there is something that just isn't clicking. But this was really, really strong. It was a really good opener to the show. A 15-minute match to kick it off too. 15 minutes for the women, 15 minutes for a title. I can dig it. I liked it. I thought it was a good way to open the show. It was a fun match. Rey Mysterio and his son, Baby Champ, defeated Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode to become the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Uh, I didn't like this. I didn't. I, I thought it was too long. I really thought it was too long. Uh, too much of an extended uh, babyface in peril situation. Uh, you know, will he, you know, will they overcome? Like it. It was ultimately, it turned out to be how WWE technically books uh, Rey Mysterio in big matches every single time. Only this time, they had Baby Champ there with him as well. Uh, and uh, and they won, and okay. Uh, but this one, you had a solid, solid eight-minute match instead of the uh, instead of the 17 minutes that we got. For this one here. Ridiculous. Damien Priest. Defeated Miz. In a lumberjack match. And the lumberjacks were zombies. And I'm not trying to be funny. You know calling like the. You know, the, the wrestlers were at ringside and they weren't doing anything. No, 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 no. We actually had, you know, Tom Savini-esque face paintings uh, of people dressed and then dressed up as zombies. And yeah. So, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't want... I really don't want to rant on the zombie thing because ultimately I think it's I think it's stupid. Okay, I, and I tweeted it out. I, I while while it was happening, while Miz was trying to escape and the zombies were popping up, and then the fucking zombie is under commentary 
under the commentary table. How the fuck did no one see the zombie? Anyway. I tweeted it out. It's dumb, stupid shit. That's what it is. And it's the kind of thing that turns viewers off. It's the kind of thing that I can't, that as a, as a wrestling fan, if I, I, I have to explain this shit to someone, it's like, no, I'm, I, this is, no. Now, but I will, okay, this is what, this is what, hopefully it's not the same type of take that you've heard everywhere else. Because I think everyone's like, oh, it's lame, it's lame, it's stupid, why are they do it? This is the, for me, this is the, there's a meta to this. Which, which is ultimately my problem. Because I've enjoyed cinematic matches. I've enjoyed the rigged matches. Not all of them. But I'm on record. You can find... I, you know, I did a whole video on the Firefly Funhouse. Breaking that one down. I thought the, the Sting, Darby Allen, Team Taz uh, cinematic from a couple of months ago was absolutely fantastic. I the boneyard match I thought was great too like not everything was great I didn't think the you know money in the bank was all that good I didn't think the uh street profits versus the viking raiders was any good you remember that shit you remember that steaming pile do you remember that one I didn't think that was good either and I have people on my timeline people that I that I'm connected with that I chat with that I respect who put on wrestling shows and who've done wrestling matches or out of the box stuff. And, and I appreciate that and I like it. And in some instances, it's really fun. So when I see people going, well, if you like cinematic matches and you hate the zombies, I don't know what's wrong with you kind of thing. And I, that's not the point. Because ultimately, I think there's... The, the issue I have is that WWE's product is exactly this. The smoke and mirrors to cover the warts of the show. The Thunderdome, the high production values, the endless recaps, the high production recaps. We saw a great one with Finn Balor and, and Killer Cross on Tuesday. You know, WWE is great at these things. But don't kid yourselves. Don't fool yourselves as to why they're doing shit like the Thunderdome and why they do these awesome packages and they're always recapping things and they're so well done. It's to cover for the rest. It's because it's, like, it's smoke and mirrors. We're going to put this in front of you. Look at how great the Thunderdome is. Look at how state-of-the-art it is. We've won awards. There's screens. There's... Uh, I want to ask you guys, seriously, chat, let me know if I'm wrong here. But has any of you out there, has any of you has had their viewing experience enhanced thanks to the VR graphics in the Thunderdome? You know, that some wrestlers have, the, the, the 3D models, the VR things. The, has that enhanced your viewing experience in any way, shape or form? For me, I think it's a nice trick. It's a you know, it's a nice, it's a nice dangly dangle. It's a it's a nice to have, but it has nothing to do with the show itself. And it's the same thing with the zombies here. It is exactly the same thing. 
It's not necessarily because, oh, zombies are lame. What are they doing? How does this fit in? Suspension of disbelief. It's not even that. It's WWE putting on something that has nothing to do with the product. And you're like, why am I being distracted with this? Why, why not just have a wrestling match instead of involving this layer, this unnecessary, this unnecessary layer of, of shit on top of whatever you were trying to do with Damien Priest and Miz. And so, so that's my problem. And, and on top of that, they do it on a show that doesn't need, that didn't need this kind of extra artifice. It didn't need it because WrestleMania Backlash was a fun show. And there was one exceptionally good wrestling match on it on top of that. So, I mean, you didn't even need it. Plus, Damien Priest is playing second fiddle to another promo tactic. His other job was to get uh, Bad Bunny over. And now this, plus the whole match was just a paid advertisement. Hope you guys enjoyed watching a seven-minute commercial. Crossover synergies. I don't know, man. It... Like, I, for me, it's not as much that I'm bothered by the zombies, by the thing actually happening, more than why does WWE continue to just focus on the the artifice, the gimmickry, instead of focusing on the matches? Because if you focus on the matches, you get great stuff. We got great stuff all throughout this pay-per-view. No one remembers this match. What happened in this match? Oh, oh, and by the way, what have we seen recently in the past few months on WWE? We've seen a man set another man on fire. And then we saw another guy get devoured, eaten alive on television. Are we sure we're still on a PG product? I want to say hello to Dale Campbell. Good to see you. Welcome to the chat. Bianca Belair defeated Bailey to retain her SmackDown Women's Championship. No, no big surprise there. But a, a such a good match again, again, and 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 I'm glad they seem to be continuing this feud here with the bit of the awkward finish, uh, which I don't, I don't find it took away from from my enjoyment of the match as uh, as it does happen on other occasions. I thought this was really good. I'm glad that they're continuing Bailey and Bianca at least for a bit because I think I, Bailey's a perfect foil for her. I think for for Bianca, I think it's great. Uh, it's good stuff. Bobby Lashley defeated Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre to retain the WWE Championship again. I'm not all that surprised. I was sort of worried that they'd put the title on Drew again, but they didn't. Two notes here. I think Braun Strowman worked um, had some of did some of his best work here. Honestly, and I'm not even going to shit you guys. I think he did some of his best work since pre-WrestleMania 36. I, th I really think that this was uh, that this was his strongest match in easily over 18 months. I can't even remember the last time uh, uh, I, I felt Braun put on a, such a strong performance. This was very good. Um, is it just me or, and my second note is, is it just me or, or am I starting to feel a little Drew fatigue? 
I think I'm a, I, I, I think I'm feeling a little Drew McIntyre fatigue here um, because he's um, I love Drew and I've been pro Drew pro Drew pro I've kind of it, it it's either like pro Drew <laughs> it's either like you know. A, a a generic equivalent to an antidepressant, right? I'm, I'm, you know, oh yeah, I take, a, I'm on medication. I take a Prodrew. I, I take Prodrew every day. Or it's like, you know, uh, a, a company that, you know, or a food processing company. You know, Prodrew candy or they, okay. <laughs> kind of sounded funnier in my head. Um... Yeah, I mean, you know, I still think Drew is one of the uh, one of the reasons that uh, that the uh, WWE Championship felt so important, felt so good in 2020 throughout the pandemic. Uh, I think he's a great, great superstar, great main eventer, but I kind of feel (laughs) I gotta ask my doctor if Drew. If Pro Drew is good for me, <laughs> um, but I, I, I think I think a little a little trip on the upper mid card would do him good. I, 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 th- I think we, he needs to erase to be erased a little bit from from the title situation. Needs because at this point, like he's racking up the losses, right? If if only for that, if only. If, but we know wins and losses don't matter in WWE, so you know this point is moot. But still. He's don't take him out of the main event or don't as a main event or don't pull a Kofi Kingston and then never, you know, never mention his championship runs again. That's not the point. But I think he could have an upper uh, an upper card feud without necessarily it being for the for the 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 big uh, for the big belt for the WWE title or whatever. Um, But it looks like they're still going to maintain more. Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley, and that's a problem, and it's a problem for me as a regular viewer. Um, it's hard to get into that again. It's it it's hard. It's really really difficult. I'm, I don't know. It it it, it it's a it's a tough one. But this was a strong match. It was a good match, and finally Roman Reigns successfully uh, defended the Universal Championship uh, by. Uh, defeating Cesaro by technical submission by ref stoppage how do you call that look this was a really well worked wrestling match folks from top to bottom this was well executed roman would get into control then you'd get a spurt of offense from cesaro who 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 mounted a bit of a comeback but roman would get back on him working the arm throughout which would be used which would be which would make sense throughout the entire match, right to the right into the finish, and Roman himself, you know, Cesaro worked the leg, and Roman was desperate to avoid submissions. That corkscrew tope from Cesaro was fantastic. The deadlift superplex that he did on Roman, amazing shit. Do you know Roman's a big guy? Cesaro's not throwing a cruiserweight around here. Fucking great stuff. Uh. Like I said, Roman focused on the arm throughout the match, and this was this was an attrition fight. Both guys laying into each other, so it looked like 
a heavy-handed battle. They were exhausted. They were pummeling on each other. That's why the final third of this match was so good with the guillotine applications and Cesaro powering out of them. You got behind it because the guys made you believe that they were exhausted, that they were on the verge of collapse, but yet they pushed. Cesaro would push through. He'd get the sharpshooter on Roman. And then when Roman was getting close to the ropes, what did Cesaro do? He like bent over and then cross-faced Roman and dragged him to the middle of the ring instead of, you know, doing the stupid thing where it's like, I'm going to hang on to the sharpshooter. No, it's like, okay, I'm going to transition out of this finisher and I'm going to go into another finisher. It was fantastic shit. And they had me believe it. Like, in in my, my rational brain, I was like, my rational brain was saying, of course, Roman is going to retain. But my lizard brain was like, Oh no, Cesaro has a chance. Luke, he's uh, powering out of everything that Cesaro and that Roman Reigns is delivering. That's how my that's how my lizard brain sounds like. And it's like, I mean, they he they got me. Cesaro powers out of the guillotine to slam Roman down, but he Roman still hangs on to it. And then Cesaro tries to break the grip, and he's pushing off, but his arm, man, Roman worked the arm the entire way, so he can't. Uh, he can't he can't get out he can't get the job done and he passes out in the guillotine look this was this was this is exactly why we don't need the fucking zombies we don't need the fucking thunderdome when wwe focuses on what it's supposed to do give us great wrestling matches let their talent be talented Show us what they can do. There was no reason on earth that's, uh, that for uh, Roman Reigns and Cesaro to be a bad wrestling match. No reason at all. And that we, we got something better than good. We got something great. This was a very, very, very good wrestling match. It's going to be right up there with my favorite WWE matches this year without a shadow of a doubt. I don't know, man. Like, you know, Walter, Walter Ciampa, maybe, maybe just a little bit. I don't know. Gargano Kushida. But they're all up there. I'm still waiting for Walter's five-star classic for again this year. So, yeah, so overall, Backlash, I think, is a, I think it's a good wrestling show. I think there's, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's two absolutely forgettable things on it, but uh, I don't think it distracts at all from the enjoyment of them. Everything was very, very strong outside of the, uh, the SmackDown tag match and uh, SmackDown tag team titles match and the zombies. Outside of that, everything was strong to great. If you haven't watched it, go check it out. And at the very least, I think Roman Reigns and Cesaro. I think Roman Reigns and Cesaro is required is required viewing, especially if you're in the category of people who can't stand WWE and like they can never put on anything good. You know. Um. Let's keep the cool beans going because Sheamus and Ricochet, they had they had a match on the pre-show. Uh, they had a match on the pre-show on uh, at uh, at Backlash, but then we got 
a full match on Raw, which I thought was very, very good. I thought it was a strong match that they have pro- had probably my my favorite of the show. Uh, Sheamus is, uh, again, I'm still stunned to say this in, uh, in the year of our Lord, 2021, that Sheamus is my, probably my favorite guy on main roster right now, or at least on Raw, easily on Raw. He's so good. And he's, he, he's been having, he, I think he is their most consistent performer. And yet they can, you know, they, they continue to insist on wanting to put Braun Strowman in big match situations. Well, Sheamus is there and he delivers all the time. And Ricochet took the opportunity to remind us how, how great he is. You want to know how great Ricochet thinks he is? Have you, did you guys have, I mean, this is, maybe this is a Twitter bubble thing. And maybe, you know, you're listening to this on your podcast and you're like, what the hell is he talking about? And maybe you'll just fast forward this and that's fine. You'll skip the chapter here on YouTube, you know, whatever. But um, Ricochet tweeted this week that he was better than Io Shirai. And I don't have the tweet, like, you know, at the uh, at my fingertips right now. But he said, he essentially said that, you know, Io Shirai is great, but she can't do 50% of the things that I can do. I'm, you know, I'm better than her. You know, I'm, I'm superior. And people got mad. And I'm like, what do, what do you people get mad for? We got pro wrestlers comparing themselves to each other. This is the very core of pro wrestling. <laughs> Have you listened to promos recently? Because, you know, usually it's like, oh, I'm going to beat you because I'm better than you. Oh, I'm going to beat you because I'm better than you. Now, sure. The possibilities that in WWE, Io Shirai and Ricochet actually have any kind of blow-off match is very, very, very unlikely, extremely unlikely, so terribly unlikely. But I I think it's kind of cool that Ricochet is comparing himself to a women's wrestler because there was a lot of people who took offense to that. It was like, well, why are you comparing? But I mean, if we are in an era where intergender wrestling is a thing and i i subscribe to that uh that women's wrestling is rising to prominence and should be considered on the same level as uh, you know as men's wrestling which again is something that i subscribe to i think it's absolutely fantastic that ricochet is like yeah she's good but i'm better i'm way better than her and he didn't say it like i'm a dude so of course i'm i'm better Nah, he said she's great but i'm better is essentially what he went for. And I'm like, cool, this, to me, this is progress. It's progress and it's pro wrestling. It's Shrikashay cutting a promo on Io Shirai, saying, I'm better than her. I'm like, fantastic. And people got so mad. And I get it. It's, it's, it's very, it's very chic these days to not, to not be a Ricochet fan. It, it, there's a bunch of reasons for that. He, you know, he's, you know, meh, uh, a little bit of a dummy too, I think. You know, I think him and Will Ospreay cut from the same cloth kind of thing. But uh, I'm not going to shit on wrestlers for acting like wrestlers. It doesn't make sense. I don't know if there's this, you know, this, you know, this squishy feeling that everyone likes to have to think that, you know, I, you know, that everyone in wrestling is like the Avengers and everyone gets along, you know, but they don't. 
And they don't have to get along, even if they work for the same company. Oh, but he buried, he buried someone in the same company and says, he didn't bury her. He said he was better than her. That's not burying. And <laughs> again, that's not the, that isn't even remotely close to the definition of what a burial in wrestling is. And EO probably doesn't give a shit because I don't think she responded and she doesn't have to because it's dumb. It's all dumb. It's all dumb jock wrestling shit. And, I, and it, no reason to get mad for that stuff. It's so weird. It's weird when, when fans online get mad at wrestlers being wrestlers. I don't get it. Um, I want to talk about really quickly because, because I, I, I want to get into a lot of, there, there's, there's still so much, but I, I think this bears being told Tamina Snuka won her first major and we're going to call major. Cause I know, yes, she's been a 24 seven champion in the WWE isn't addressing it, but why listen, come on now. Okay. She won her first major title. Last Friday on SmackDown with uh, in a tag team with uh, Natalia's, they became uh, uh, WWE Women's uh, Tag Champions. And I, congratulations to her, right? For someone who was always, you know, on the fringe, the injuries, so on and so forth. I'm I'm happy for her. Now the question, um, the question that. Not the question, but the thing that sucks. Or again, it's it's another thing that's indicative about WWE is like they're treating it like it's the you know a big deal, and 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 it is. But we were never given a reason to make us to make it feel like a big deal. Because she's always been pushed very iffily. I don't know if that's a word. You know, but it pushes have always been, you know, a little start, stop, a little low. She's here now and then, oh, she's not there anymore. And I mean, this is, it's just an, I'm happy for her because it it is a, a, a trade, it is a landmark, not a trademark, Warren, what the, it's a landmark event in her career, which I'm sure she'd been hoping for some kind of recognition but the fans emotional investment into this i don't think is there and it's a little contrived just like everything wwe does really because they decide what we should feel and there's nothing organic anymore the thunderdome has made it you know even worse because they really can get away with 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 whatever it's like you know you want to uh, you want to know who's a heel and a babyface now? Just listen, you know whatever the Thunderdome heat is. That'll that'll tell you, you know. It's Natalia and Tamina sort of like four weeks ago were like, hey, we're challengers. Like suddenly, hey, I'm a challenger. I I, I can do this stuff now. And yet, there's no reason to get behind her. WWE will tell you wins and losses don't matter because WWE feels that they can just take anyone, pluck them out of their situation and be like, there you go, you're a title contender. And then we're then we as an audience were instantly supposed to care. And 
that's just not how it works. Look at it. They're doing the same thing with Elias right now. How does anyone believe that Elias is a challenger for anything? He's been booked as a goof and a loser for years. How am I supposed to get excited for a tag team match between him and the racist versus AJ Styles and Omas? I, there's no reason for me to get excited about that. But it's, oh, it's time for Elias' push. And I swear WWE has lost the capacity. The, the, the intrinsic capacity to create a star and listen to crowd audiences and push that person at that time is something that is completely lost on them now. And it's weird. And it's not an indictment on Elias or Tamina themselves or, or what they're capable of doing in the ring. This is all booking. It's all creative. I can't get behind these people because all of a sudden WWE says, you got to get behind these people? Come on, man. Jesus Christ. Happy for Tamina, but I, I really don't get it. I absolutely don't get it and, and, and honestly i wish i did and it's the same thing with elias and and the talent that could get over the talent that is already over doing i mean look at kofi kingston look at how people look at how excited people were to see kofi kingston oh, yeah. in the main event of raw main eventing challenging for a title again Against Bobby Lashley. Well, he wasn't challenging. Okay, well, it was supposed to be a challenge, but then turn, a challenge for the title. But, oh, semantics. MVP says, oh, it's not really a challenge for the title. Okay, fine. But people got excited again. They were like, look, Kofi. And it's and it's a doubly sweet match when, when you realize that after uh, that uh, Kofi and uh, Bobby Lashley did this match uh, to pay um, homage to uh, Shad Gaspard which is fantastic. So you, you you could just be putting these guys that people really like, you know, Elias, my God. Or at least push, give us a reason to care leading into this title situation, leading into this feud, because right now there's no reason to care. Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Anakin. Again, I appreciate it. He says, Tamina was smart. Only showed up for title matches and number one contenders matches for a while there. She pulled some good strings for that. <laughs> I think you're uh, you're going a little deep in the lore there, I think, Anakin. I, I would chop it. i chalk this up to just, just poor booking. <laughs> Jason PS3, it's good to see you. Welcome to the chat, sir. Let's go over to Dynamite. Serena Deep versus Red Velvet was a fantastic match. It really was a fantastic, fantastic match. And Serena Deep, absolutely, positively, an extraordinary uh, acquisition for AEW. She's she's amazing. She is absolutely remarkable. She, I don't know how great. 
I don't know how much they were expecting out of Deeb, but I am. She is over delivering. I am convinced she is over delivering from what they were expecting. She has been nothing but solid. You, you have got to get the thing here is that the, her association with the NWA is breaking her right now. This is a this is something that's holding her back. You have to dump the title and and have her come on to NWA full time. This match will. By the way, just. As an aside here, because I wasn't here to talk about it last week. Last week, I was uh, my 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 COVID vax was kicking the shit out of me, and so I apologize. wasn't here last week, so I wasn't here to talk about this insane stipulation. And admittedly, I don't watch NWA Power since it's behind a paywall over on Fight. Bless them for doing that, but I don't. But I've heard that when I read this, when I read the transcripts, I was like, Camille and Thunder Rosa are having them are going to have a match where if Thunder Rosa loses the match, she can never leave NWA. This is for okay. This is what I understand. It's an aside here. Okay, I get it. But this is what I understand. Please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Because it it's insane to me that someone thinks that this is a good idea. Thunder Rosa hits the hits the ring, cuts a promo, says, "I'm you know yes I'm go to AEW and I go you know Mission Pro and I do all sorts of things because I want to be an ambassador for the NWA. You know I want to I I want to go out there and do stuff yeah and help uh, bring shine to the NWA and everything I do and I'm like oh, cool 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 and then Camille comes out and she says. Nah, man, you're not committed. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're spreading yourself too thin. Whereas you should be focused here. And, <laughs> and, and she's like, and, and Thunder Rosa's like, oh yeah, no, no, no. and Camille says, we're gonna have a match. And if you lose this match, you can never leave NWA. You're stuck here. So I'm. How. Why, why would the negative stipulation, the punishment for the loser of your stipulation would be to force them to stay in your promotion? How, how is, shouldn't it be the opposite? Shouldn't it be the reward? <laughs> and I was like, because they can never run a, an angle where a kid tries to get into the NWA and they're like, well, you have to beat... I don't know, eh, Tyrus of all fucking people have to beat Tyrus. And if you defeat Tyrus, then you win a contract because they, they've instantly devalued themselves. It's not like you're, if you lose, you're trapped here. I, am I the only person who doesn't think that this, that this doesn't make any sense? Was who booked this? Billy Corgan? Nick Aldis, who decided this was a good... This is a terrible stipulation. It's laughable. This is the promotion is saying. Yes, we have Thunder Rosa. She signed with us and she's kicking ass in the NWA. She has her own women's wrestling promotion at the, on top of that. She's absolutely amazing. But we don't want her to, to go around spreading the good word of the NWA. We want her to stay here. I'm like, Jesus Christ. No wonder it's behind a paywall, and apparently it's terrible. 
apparently it's it's some gruesomely terrible stuff these days. And it sucks. And I don't say this out of any, without no I am not saying that it sucks with any joy because I was rooting for the NWA. I would if you know if you were around back then when they when they came back around in 2019, I was doing post shows for power on on Tuesday nights. And it sucked that COVID forced them to shut down. It sucks that they lost a bunch of talent. It sucks, it sucks, it sucks. And I'm still rooting for them, goddammit, because they could just be in a lull right now. And I hope it improves. I hope they do the right the right moves and the right changes for that kind of stuff just blows my mind. It's so bad. It's laughably bad. Want to say hello to Kristen Ashley, the first lady of the Mr. Warren Hayes show. Yeah. Welcome, Kristen. Anyway, back to Serena Deeb and uh, Red Velvet. Deeb was on fire. Little heelishness, right? A little ag- aggression. Like, you know, came back from injury, has a chip on her shoulder, just wants to beat someone up. Just wants to beat up a fool. Fantastic stuff. Red Velvet. And I know, I know, tons and tons of y'all are out there saying, you know, during the whole thing with Jade Cargill, like, Jade Cargill's fantastic. Jade Cargill's fantastic. And I and I was like, I wasn't sold on Jade Cargill. And, you know, saying, okay, sure, she has the look. Yeah, she can... She has the talk. She's she's charismatic. Can she wrestle? I'm still not super convinced, but she's a lot less green than I thought she was. And I kept telling you guys, Red Velvet, man, they're putting her in this position. They're putting her up there and because she can go, because she can do the job. She can do exactly what needs to be done. Now, we're spinning this back around. Look at what she did again this last night, last on Wednesday has an an incredible match with Serena Deeb. Her job was to make Serena Deeb look like a million bucks. And in the meantime, she looks super strong as well. Everything that AEW has done with this woman so far was put her into high pressure situations where her job is to make other talent look good in the mixed tag match, in her singles match with Cargill. And now back over here with um, with uh, Deep. Yes, all losing efforts, but I'll be damned. I'll be damned if Red Velvet is not turning into one of the most important pieces of the women's division right now. She is so good at what she does. She is reliable. She is, and in, in the short amount of time that she's been wrestling, she's, she's not a Serena Deep. Or a Chris Statlander who've come in with years of experience. Well, even there, Chris Statlander didn't have... She's not like a 10-year veteran, but like... Serena Deeb has been wrestling forever. Thunder Rosa or Big Swole. Half the experience that these women have. A third of the experience in some in some cases. And look at where she, where she is right now. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Jade Cargill, sure, absolutely, you know, a lot. Of, but I, I'm, I've been telling you for weeks at this point, Red Velvet is special. And every high, the, the AEW management keeps going back to her to pay off the big moments. She is something special. She is absolutely 100% special. And when you think about it, you're like, hey, 
that was supposed to be the, the in the mix the 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 mix um, the the mix match tag team match the intergender tag, whatever it it was supposed to be Brandy in that match. I'm like, I don't know how Brandy could have managed. I really don't. The I mean, ultimately, the you know circumstances, the the circumstances paid off for Red Velvet here. Fantastic stuff. Jay Kearns left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Jay Kearns. I appreciate it. Says, is it, it, is it possible that Camille is saying if Thunder Rosa can beat her, she doesn't deserve to be an ambassador for NWA and other promotions? It could, it could be, but the stipulation says, the stipulation to the match is that she can't go anywhere else. I think that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's wild to me, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it could be a little more nuanced. You know, like I said, I picked this up by, you know, reading reports and everything. So, you know, I don't want to make a big deal out of it. It's just hilarious to me, this situation where it's like, you lose a match, you're stuck here kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much for the for the Super Chat, Jay Kearns. I appreciate it. Armbar Audio, guys. Follow them. They're good dudes. Swiss Roll, Chris, good to see you. Welcome to the chat. Jason PS3 left us a Super Chat. Thank you very much. It says, Red Velvet... And Ty Conchi are killing it right now. Absolutely. Ty Conchi has had um, something just clicked for her. Heading into AEW, being put on dark, getting the training with uh, with Dustin and company. There's just something that clicked there. Because when she was in NXT, you could see that she had it. But there was something that just wasn't connecting there's something that that wasn't quite there but you could see like she she wasn't a slouch and she could do it and yeah right now she's uh she's becoming also her as well on her own level a very uh invaluable part of uh, of the division cyclops is better than wolverine looked at super chat thank you very much it says jade needs to be in the pinnacle she fits right in i agree I absolutely agree, and if only because of the promo work, right? And here's something that I that I think that I dig. You know, I don't I I don't often like to do. Well, AEW does this, but WWE does this, but WWE does this, but AEW does this. But in this case, you know, if there's one thing that AEW does right, I find is that it 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 mixes. It's men and women's division. They're not like on separate islands like they are, you know, in in, in in WWE where there's no mix and matching. You have women members of the Dark Order. Um, you know, the Varsity Blondes uh, now have Hart. What's her first name? Um, drawing a blank. But, you know, like they made a trio there. You have Chris Statlander with the best friends. That's That's something that I think is super cool and i've been you know pounding the tables and i'm like why isn't there a female member of the inner circle you know they're why why not just pull the trigger on that um 
so Jade in Pinnacle, I think would be a fantastic fit. Absolutely fantastic fit. It'd be great. She she has all the same motivations as all the dudes. She just wants to make money. Julia Hart, thank you very much. And she just wants to make money. You know, she wants to get up there. She wants to make uh, the big cash. There you go. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the time and still what I want to talk about. So, um, last night, uh, the, uh, last night's episode of dynamite was a very different dynamite than the, than the past few months, the past few weeks. And especially one that isn't necessarily inclined to be to my tastes. I like wrestling on my wrestling shows and to a degree there was a lot of talk last night. There was a lot of, you know, angles, matches that turned into not being exactly man uh, matches like I'm thinking about Anthony Gogo versus Austin Dunn, a uh, gun. What's <laughs> just that was a Freudian slip I didn't mean. That's a funny joke though. Um but uh um yeah, you know, there, there, there were a lot of promos, a lot of talk, and I'm like, ah, it's not necessarily stuff that I get into. I like I like wrestling on my wrestling shows. Call me old-fashioned. But the wrestling that we did get was really cool. I don't know who, who told Christian, Christian Cage, that he couldn't wrestle anymore. I don't know who told him that. That you can't do it anymore, you're done. Because uh, he is an extremely solid worker. Extremely solid. Week after week, every time he wrestles. Just solid well thought out, uh, very psychological matches. And again, not the psychology that people will say, oh, that's psychology. You know, when someone hits a three minute arm uh, headlock, so that's not psychology, like legitimate moves and logic within the matches that, that makes sense. My, Matt Seidel, in the meantime, he's become an MVP for Dynamite. He's one of the, you know, I think... He's been told, your job is to come in here, have great matches, put people over. And he seems to be okay with that because he's doing a great job. He's an MVP. He's an MVP for the company, top to bottom. Uh, it's just amazing stuff. Anthony Ogogo, I swear, he is, he's the baby face. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into all the, the, the Cody nonsense because really there's much more interesting stuff to talk about. But I'm still... Just a wee bit worried, a tad worried, coming up to double or nothing. Because that, Anth that Anthony Ogogo is not going to be put over. But he has to. If Cody loves the business like he does, like he says he does, if he understands the business like he says he does, he has to put a go go over. Am I bored to the gills? Uh, in regards to uh, a, a, an evil foreigner angle uh, in 2021. Yes, I am. Uh, should Cody Rhodes never wear the jacket that he wore on Dynamite on Wednesday? No, he should not ever wear that shit ever again. That was horrendous. <laughs> a go-go is the baby face. A go-go is the guy. And he has, to, he has to go over. He has to go over at double or nothing. I'm just worried, just slightly worried. Good to see Brian Pillman Jr. in the main event. And Miro. 
Oh, they're wasting me, bro. They're getting rid of me. Making them a goof. And we'll never be able to come back from that. You can't push everyone at once, folks. This is the perfect moment to pull the trigger on Miro. Beats perennial fan favorite Darby Allen. And now look at him. In war of words with Lance Archer. And Lance Archer on top of that reminding us that he's a great promo. You kidding me? It was an interesting dynamite last night. Well, I, I consider it interesting because I liked it despite the fact that I should not have liked it <laughs> because there was there was just too much too much nonsense. Not nonsense, you know, promos and segments and all, and the kind of stuff that I usually don't like, you know. That's okay. You can't win them all. I want to say hello to Conrad, everything pro wrestling. Good to see you. Welcome to the chat. We're going to wrap up the weekly wrestling inspection on this one. Uh, hey, if you're enjoying what you're watching, don't go away. There's things I haven't talked about yet. You know what? You know what's coming. The main event is is arriving. But hey, if you're enjoying what uh, what's going on right now, give the video a thumbs up right here on youtubecom Hayes. Have you started composing your review on Apple Podcasts? Push uh, publish. <laughs> oh boy, it was such a busy. And there's so much stuff still that I'd like to talk about, but I can't. And anyway, um. NXT released a bunch of people earlier this week, and this is, it's never a good time. It's never, it's, it's never, it's never an entertaining moment. It's nothing good. I don't like it when people lose their jobs. It's never, it's never interesting. Again, there are some people here who are celebrating neither here nor there. Um, But yes, they did release quite a few people yesterday and one big announcement today couple of hours before I started the podcast. Um, first and foremost, NXT referee Drake Younger, Drake Wirtz, was uh, was released. Um, this, I don't think, comes to any real surprise to anyone um, because he's been problematic for, for a while. Um, if you've been following his story uh, on wrestling media, uh, Twitter, whatnot. Uh, he's um, got involved in in uh, some uh, conspiracy theories regarding sex trafficking and anti-vaxxing and uh, child trafficking and so on and so forth. It's 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 a bit quite a mess that he got himself into, uh, which led to uh, a complete meltdown. Um, and, in the process alienated some of his oldest friends and you know there's some fairly well reported but not necessarily well documented events not yet anyway i'm pretty sure things are going to start coming out here but he you know allegedly stormed out of a diversity and inclusion meeting in the midst of the george floyd protests last year uh he almost uh, got uh, beat up by ezra judge um ej nuka nuka 
if I'm pronoun- I'm I'm sure I'm butchering his his last name. I think it's Nudka. Um, AJ, EJ Nudka Jr., um, who who was also released, uh, by the way, and this is a story that uh, still has to um, uh, that still has to fully come out. Um, getting yeah, yeah, so he started getting really overzealous about vaccinations. People were uncomfortable. Wrestlers were starting to feel unsafe around him, which is wild because that's a referee is directly tied to the safety and wellness of wrestlers as they're performing in the ring. So that's never a good sign. Um, and let's not forget, let's not forget the uh, the canceling of NXT bookings from uh, of uh, uh, Candy Cartwright because of past issues he wasn't aware of. He had written her that uh, she had past, he wasn't aware of these issues that she had with, uh, as I quote, one of our talent that would not make for an ideal work environment. Uh, he, uh, you know, got involved in Operation Underground Railroad, like I said, anti-vax. He's a science denier. The thing here is that this is a guy who is not well. And I know there's a lot of people who gawked and pointed fingers, but this is a guy who is not well. And he got roped into this uh, and he's not in a good mental spot at all. And nothing to do with his his views on politics it's more of the unhinged uh versions the 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 unhinged uh uh uh, uh, uh focus that he has on certain elements which is a lot more troubling than just him being right wing or you know being a trump vote trump voter or whatever you know it's and it's 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 a little disheartening at the same time and this is one of the reasons why I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't talk about it much on the podcast because I, there's something, there was something very distressing about it all that I, you know, I kind of wondered, yes, his actions had significant impacts on his work environment. I think the Candy Cartwright stuff is deplorable, um, but he, uh, I never talked about it because I, I, clearly this was a guy who was going through stuff and he's just not in a good spot and it's a shame because uh drake younger is a guy who overcame some very dark periods in his life addictions got his life back on track and and just spins right around into this you know it's you know at some point it's it's a shame but then again WWE can't enable him to do that kind of stuff. And especially if he's in a position where he's putting uh, his coworkers at risk or making them feel like they might be at risk. That's something that you can't do. I, I really do hope that he grows from this, that something better happens. But um, you know, it's just, it it's not the same. It, it, it's it's not the same as someone who it's it's not the same as someone who you know goes out and compares themselves to Io Shirai you know where you can just like gawk and laugh and you're like what is he talking about there's a pattern here he's mentally not fit and I I honestly hope that this serves as some kind of some kind of wake up uh, that he that he can feel better or that he can get better 
but uh, we'll have to see. Oh, yeah. Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Anakin. He says, if I can, I want to talk about Drake and the difference between his Christianity and mine on the post show. Hashtag cheap plug. Hashtag become a member, please. Yes, well, yes, absolutely, Anakin. Um, that's what we do on the post show. We open up topics. We chat amongst each other. Discord calls. Uh, you can join us live in the chat as well if you don't want to. If you don't want to uh, to chat live with us, you can, or you know, with your voice, you can chat live with us with the uh, in the chat. Uh, just become a, a member of the uh, of the YouTube uh, of the YouTube channel right here. You can do that right now, and then you get emojis on top of that too. But thank you, Anakin. Thank you very much for all your super chats tonight. Velveteen Dream, um, he was fired. And a lot of people are saying, finally. And I can't say I disagree with the sentiment. Um, this is this is one of these things where, I mean, it's something that I really think had to happen. I think he had turned into, I think he was legitimate. He legitimately became a liability for WWE. And we can run down the timeline real quickly. April 2020. Young fans come forward saying that w that uh, Velveteen Dream was DMing them explicit material, including a nude. They also had an audio clip of um, of Dream asking them, "What school do you go to?" Uh, he publicly denounced that this was happening, uh, admitted that the nude was his, uh, but that the um, the photo was not sent from his account. Or was was sent from his account without consent. Uh, didn't uh, the, the allegation sort of died off with that, um, or at least those they disappeared anyway. Um, and um, uh, but more accusers uh, came forward as well. Um, more more accusers came came off uh, came through there. There was allegations of a car crash as well. Um, WWE said that they conducted an investigation and whatever they were looking for they didn't find it but they never specifically said we are looking for evidence wwe's language triple h specifically was always extremely extremely vague um uh in regards to what they were doing um you know he was talking about um um you know he was saying all this other other stuff happens, and you look into it, and you find that there's a situation, and and you find that there is a situation that people bring to everyone's attention. You look into it and find what it is, and find that it is what it is, and there's nothing there. Everything we have done, we are comfortable with, and him continuing to do what he does, and everything else. Like he never said we're looking for, ev you know, we're looking into the allegations that he was that he was inappropriately. DMing minors. Triple H never used that language. He always skirted around. It's like, oh, you know, we're checking out on stuff. But they said they did an investigation, and his accuser, uh, one of his accusers, actually went was on Twitter and said, WWE never reached out to me. They never, if they were doing an investigation, they could have gotten in contact with me, but they never did. Um there was also incidents that there was a warrant out for his arrest. Um, in regards to he, where he damaged a car. 
big fucking mess. The whole Velveteen, the whole Velveteen dream thing is. And quite frankly, I think WWE took their very sweet time before getting rid of them, of him, excuse me. I think, uh, uh, I think it should have happened a long time ago. And a lot of people are, are very excited and saying, finally, 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 I'm, you know, I echo those sentiments. But the one thing that we don't know is why was Dream fired? This may sound stupid because everyone is making the relation like directly to directly to uh, uh, to the grooming accusations, to the, the DMs, the nudes. But we don't know why he was fired. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was fired for another reason. What could that reason be? It's not my place to really put that stuff out without any, without any real stuff to, to without anything to, 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 to um, substantiate it. You know, I don't have any proof. I don't, so there's no, no point, but I think there is a reasonable, uh, I think there's a reasonable uh, 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 question that needs to be, to be put out there is why was he fired? What were what were the the what were the motives of him being, uh, of him being of him losing his job in WWE, and this is it is a complete it, it is a remarkable story of self destruction, and one which I ultimately hope has a good ending as opposed to a bad one. Um, I, it's been a while since we've seen someone rise to prominence, a certain degree of stardom, wouldn't call him, you know, but still a guy universally liked by fans, got it, people would get excited for and had legitimate support, a real organic fan base. Just make a complete, complete 180 and just fall apart. Just completely fall apart. And it's wild. I'm really, I, I, I would really like to know the reason why he was fired because i have there's a i have a gut feeling that it's not for it's it it's not for what we think don't think wwe did the right thing here is my point and i don't think they need any any applause i don't think they need any pats on the back it's not a job well done here not at all who else was fired this week? Alexander Wolf, also a real name, Alex Tischer. Uh, that's a shame. Man, only only Killian Dane and Nikki Cross are left from Sanity. That's wild. You know, Alexander Wolf, extremely underrated professional wrestler. Terror underrated in the in the sense that I, I, I that it's where it should be used. I don't think anyone really realizes how good he is and he's never had a proper moment to shine. 
except at War Games a couple of years ago where he was unquestionably, unquestionably the star of the show. Uh, this is this is a shame. Breaks my heart. Uh, Kavita Devi, uh, her real name Kavita Dalal, uh, the uh, Indian-born uh, superstar um, who was uh, had participated in the uh, Mayon Classic. Um, I don't know why they didn't pull the trigger earlier on this woman. Maybe because she was. We don't know how well she was evolving in the pc or not because it was never on tv <laughs> and with I mean, there has to be something going on because with you know wwe's incessant push to want to put uh to want to make good with their indian partners and uh, you know be on on tv in india and the stars and <clears throat> i really figured that someone like devi would be instrumental in that for the women's side and she was good like she had a different look from everyone else was a powerhouse strange vanessa born uh real name danielle camella uh was also released this week this to me is big mystery uh i she i think she she was um she She's been in the PC, I think, since 2015, 2016. Almost as long as Aaliyah. Um, or as long as Aaliyah, easily. Uh, and she was released. I always thought that she had something. Uh, I always, you know, I, I for the longest time, she was very green. But that's what NXT was about, especially in those days. You'd have your developmental talent just being put out there on wrestling shows under the big lights and perform and no it wasn't always great with the with this talent but that's how you develop talent you let them grow just look at what AEW does with dark and elevation this is exactly it you put your green talent under the lights and you force them to perform well there you go there's that's how you make your tryouts that's how you improve that's how you get better i thought Vanessa Bourne had had intangibles i thought she had fantastic charisma I I don't know what the deal here. And it's been so long since we've seen her. We don't know how much she's improved again. And allegedly she had been stealth called up to main roster, but was never used. I've also heard that her story is very convoluted within the past year or so. A lot of things that were like, oh, well, she's probably out because of COVID and that had nothing Nothing to do with um, or that. Nothing to do with 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 COVID at all. Might be a little more complicated than that. I don't know. It's really weird. But I think she ends up somewhere. Definitely think she ends up somewhere. Jessamine Duke was also released. This came as a shock to a lot of people. Uh, to me, I'm like, I don't know. Um, Duke had been there for a while. Uh, she had had back issues uh, and um, was injured quite a bit. Uh, was injured quite a bit during her, her NXT run as well. I know a lot of people were like, oh, we'll never get the four horsewomen versus the four horsewomen. I'm like, man, I mean, if, you know, it would have it been a while for Jessamine Duke to be on the level to wrestle on the level of the four horsewomen. You know, it's, 
just wasn't there yet. Uh, best of luck to her. I'm, you know, I don't know what her next steps are going to be. Uh, I don't know how. You, I have a feeling her injuries are just, um, her injuries are just uh, overtaking her. So that's a shame. I'm not going to call it Skylar Story. I'm going to call her Brandy Lauren. That's a big shocker to me. An evolved stalwart and independent worker. Man, Brandy Lauren can't catch a break. I don't understand what the issue is. And she's a good wrestler. I don't understand why they... She was in. She came in in October, right? And everyone's like, you know, she's one of the evolved cast-offs. I don't know why they didn't keep her. Feels deep inside me right now. Feels like there's a little more to this story here that we don't know. Ezra Judge, as I mentioned earlier, AJ Nudka Jr., his real name, Nuduka, Nuduka. Um, he, uh, yeah, he's, he's gone too. Um, apparently he, you know, got into a, uh, a tussle with uh, Drake Wirtz and he hits the bricks too. So, um, that's a guy who had a hell of a look. We'll see what happens, you know. Referee uh, Jake Clement as well. He was uh, he was released, but he'll be he's already okay. He's already back to in AIW, which is where he was. Uh, oh yeah, he was a referee over there before uh, getting the job over at WWE. He's already fine. So she's she she so he's good. He's absolutely good. But yeah, another another round of releases from uh, from NXT. Um, I think there's a couple, a couple in regards to quality of life, probably for people who work in WWE. I think there's a couple of very understandable releases there that will probably make the atmosphere a lot lighter, probably make things a lot better for a lot of people working there. There's, as always, I find in these releases, some very weird decisions though. Anakin JMT left us another super chat. Anakin, thank you very much. He says, Jessamine didn't want to wrestle anymore. She's still with Up, Up, Down, Down and is happy doing that and her game streams. Well, good for her. She didn't want to wrestle anymore. Maybe she just wasn't into it. And quite frankly, I don't think... I'm still not sure whether or not Ronda Rousey is coming back to WWE ever. So don't worry about your four horsewomen versus four horsewomen match. I don't think, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it was ever in the cards really. Let's wrap this up talking about probably the biggest news of the week. And it's positive news on top of that. AEW will be moving from TNT to TBS in 2022. This was announced yesterday. Bye, Tony Khan. Um, press release the whole nine yards. The bullet points go like this. First and foremost, TNT uh, AEW Dynamite moving to TBS in 2022. On top of that, AEW will be launching a brand new one hour show on Fridays called AEW Rampage. And it's going to be on Friday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern. Therefore, after WWE Smackerdown. 
uh, it will actually debut this year, not in 2022. It's going to debut on August 14 on TNT and will be part of the move in 2022. Um, this, um, I mean, it's new because it's finally coming together, but this fabled extra hour of wrestling was part of the renegotiation that AEW went through in uh, in 2020. So it's not like, it's not new. It's like, ah, this was part, this was a long time coming. Everyone was wondering, how are they going to do the extra hour? What are they going to do with it? Thank God they're not turning Dynamite into a three-hour show. Um, But despite the fact that TNT will no longer have a weekly wrestling program on uh on its uh on its uh, schedule we will have four super cards on tnt however that is awesome you guys know from the wednesday night wars i think the best thing to come out of the wednesday night wars has always been the return of the super cards which are are done you know week after week not week after week but once in a while you know you get the fighter fest the great american bash the blood and guts I dig that. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. So bringing back the super cards on TNT, great stuff. Um, and um, and I'd even go as far as to say that they will probably uh, they'll probably air um, like between pay per views, right? Because there's four WWE pay. Uh, eight, excuse me, there's four AEW pay per views a year. Four, right? Double or nothing, all out, full gear, revolution. Right, four. So then you have those between the pay-per-views sort of to break things up over on television. I think it's great news. I think it's fantastic. This is this is all good. Um Ooh, yeah. TNT slightly slightly stronger in the 18 to 49 demo, apparently. You know, that's what uh, the boys over at uh, WrestleNomics have been telling me. Brandon Thurston in his reporting. Uh, probably because of the NBA, which draws, of course, that uh, that demographic there. But overall, TNT and TBS are have approximately the same reach as far as cable networks go. Uh, TNT has 81.3 million homes. It's, it's available in 81.3 million homes. To TBS, which is available in uh, 81.8 million, million homes, according to Nielsen, of course. Um, it's more than the than the USA Network, which is at about 80,000, something like that. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty much the same type of environment they're getting into, right? Um, so, you know, you sort of look at this and you're like, I think this is cool. You know, and I, you know, a lot of this is the moment where we start speculating. The one thing that it's difficult to speculate on is that is this a good move? Is this a, is this good? And I think it is good. I think it's hard to take a look at this and not be optimistic as far as AEW's relationship with Warner goes. I think this is a big deal. You know, TBS is going to get some live programming. Um, I yeah, apparently they have baseball that they air Major League Baseball. Uh, games there and that's pretty much it um so yeah they're going to get some weekly live programming on their network and live programming for television networks right now are 
it, it, it's uh, it, 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 it's a prize. Um, um, let's say dramas, comedies, anything that's pre-taped are, of course, you know, it's part and parcel. But with the way people consume media these days, you know, they'll watch, they'll record it on, watch it later on their DVR. They'll um, uh, they'll watch it later. They'll stream it on a service, whatever. You know, it's like it's you don't have the same sense of urgency watching a sitcom than you do if you want to watch your favorite sports team where, you know, you're going to tune in to watch them. And it's it's a big deal for advertisers, for marketers. It's really, really a big deal. So uh, so that's probably one of the reasons that's motivated or that motivated TNT to make a play for the NHL on top of already having the NBA. You know, there's, you know, I'm I, I'm part of this this idea here that maybe TNT is letting go a little bit of its um, uh, of its uh, original programming and maybe wants to be a little more centered around sports, which, you know, maybe I know a lot of people are pointing at the fact, you know, it's like uh, TNT is, is drama. It's all about drama and drama. And I'm like, OK, cool. I can get sure. But they might be in there might be a a, re-ba- a rebranding strategy that we don't see. That's that's slowly being executed right now and that we just we're just not aware of, which could be. But, uh, um, you know, so maybe that's the idea is that TNT heading more into sports territory. Maybe they felt that wrestling doesn't quite fit that bill. They're going to go put him on on TBS. Maybe maybe AEW is moving to TBS just to not be preempted all the time. Because of the sports, because of hockey, because of basketball. It could be it. And I think it's a good thing that, it, you know, it's probably a very good thing, actually, that uh, TBS will be getting some live programming. They were, last night, during Dynamite, TBS was broadcasting back-to-back reruns of uh, Big Bang Theory. So, you kind of have to think that maybe there'll be more people tuning in on Wednesday nights to watch wrestling as opposed to reruns of a show that's not on, uh, that's not on TV anymore, you know? Um, could be so many things. Might just want to, you know, boost the the numbers on Wednesdays for TBS. I think it's it's hard to look at this and not see this as a net positive for for AEW and a a um, a statement of how much this uh, the 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 brand the company has become. In, uh, ingrained into Warner or how much at least Warner believe in them at this point. Um, Cause right now for Warner, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, that's it. The, the, they'll, they'll be broadcast or AEW will be creating one, two, four hours of, or at least I don't know how long, how long Cody Rhodes show is going to be on a weekly basis. Uh, Rhodes and Brandy's uh, show but um, they're going to be producing three different shows for Warner Networks on top of the Supercards. On top, so you know, I saw so many people acting as if uh, AEW was being demo, being sent over to the Pursuit Network. I'm like, no, that there's I there's no there's no downside for AEW here. 
I, 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 of course, we're going to see it once they do move and we see the, you know, the ratings and how things go. But I feel that this is an audience that's going to follow. I think wrestling fans are not going to be confused that wrestling is no longer on TNT. And I think AEW is going to do a good job to let people know that starting on this date, you know, there's no more wrestling on TNT. We're going to be over on TBS, our sister station kind of thing. And I mean, just as far as the financials go, as far as what we what we what we know, what we've learned, it's all AEW's right fees are going up. Everything's been reneg- in 2020. There was the renegotiations, right? And they were before those renegotiations in 2020 that that that, that occurred. Uh, AEW's uh, AEW's money was being made. They were being paid. Um, the, the the money they were making was uh, was for production production costs, and um, they were getting a split of the ad share. And when they renegotiated in 2020, it was a a four year deal, approximately 44 million a year, but not like specifically cut and dry like that. But they were getting about. 40 40 44 million dollars a year approximately since it's not a publicly traded company we don't know but pro wrestling insider was reporting that AEW in this situation renegotiated again it's like well if we move let's let's do this and let's ask for a little more money the financial terms have not been revealed but the word going around again according to PW insider is that AW is receiving an eight-figure payday from Warner Media, which could be anywhere between uh, ten million and just under a uh, hundred million, right? So we don't know exactly what that, but it's probably not less than what they're what they were doing with the renegotiation. Well, if anyone is out there still thinking, saying to themselves, "This is a bad move for AEW," it's not, and it's not bad news. And it's not a sign that TNT or Warner is done with them. They're giving them more money to produce more wrestling and produce more content. That's usually not what you do if you have a failing property, you have a failing IP, you don't pump more money into it and say, golly gee willikers, let's keep going for it. This is good. It's good news. And, you know, if if AEW plays its cards right, I don't even think it's going to impact the ratings all that much. I don't think the viewership is going to change. The fact that it stays, the fact that Dynamite stays on Wednesdays, I think that's the crucial part. If it had changed days, then maybe that would have had a more significant impact. But staying on Wednesdays, I don't see why it wouldn't change. Wrestling fans are creatures of habit and will follow, will follow where the wrestling is. I think it's good news. I think it's great news. Shows that there's real interest in wrestling. You got to like it as a wrestling fan. Wrestling fans. And if you like wrestling, wrestling. Oh, and by the way, DGMC left us a super chat. Thank you very much. DGMC says, TNT title becomes the Conan O'Brien championship. The Cobb. The Cobb title. The COB. <laughs> Apparently they don't have any plans to change the title name just yet. That's that's the the, the early report coming out. But yeah. 
things can change from here to 2022, but as, as it stands right now, apparently they're not interested. But uh, hey, I want to thank you. I want to thank everyone here for uh, for uh, for joining me uh, for joining me tonight on another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. Uh, I appreciate it all a great deal. If you were if you're still around here at the end, do consider giving the video a like, a thumbs up. I really appreciate everyone who joins me. And we're not done. I'm heading over uh, to start up a YouTube members only stream in just a few minutes where we're going to keep talking about wrestling. There's still so much stuff to talk about. There's still so much stuff to talk about. And we're going to get into it. Uh, so become a channel member. Come and join us. Lots of interaction with the chat live, not uh, in the chat, the text chat, the voices. You get to hear people. That's not just me. It's fantastic stuff. Otherwise, I want to thank everyone so very, very much for joining me here this evening. Have a great rest of your evening. And I'll see you next time.